Welcome to our true crime, true family podcast. Quarantine equals no life, so we've decided to start a true crime podcast. I'm Emily, and along with my mom, Kate, and our cousin Paige, we will be discussing popular true crime documentaries and cases. Due to sensitive subject material and explicit language, viewer discretion is advised. Hi, welcome back. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back this week. No. Hey guys, welcome back this week. We're back with episode six of the Jinx. Here with my cousin Paige and my mom Kate, who will get us started. Good job. Nice. Another one with no notes. <laughs> so episode six of the Jinx, and its title is "What the hell did I do?" <laughs> so my favorite person, Ed Murphy. AKA Wolford Brimley says he's never seen anyone mail a note alerting police about a cadaver. He said, Ed is a detective from Westchester who sucks. So that's not surprising. I'm sure there are lots of things that Ed Murphy has never seen. Sure. It's been at least a decade since he's seen his dick. I was surprised to know he knew the word cadaver. Ed Murphy sucks. (laughs) Durst is talking to Jarecki about the note. And the the note is the note to the police. He's like, it's her address, block letters of somebody who's hiding their signature, and they spelled Beverly wrong. So there you go, Paige. They did say it specifically. <laughs> I swear it's insane how close he gets to getting away with things and then ends up royally fucking it up. Yeah. His tone is very, who gives a shit? And numb nuts, it's not hiding your signature if you write everything in your life in block letters. The camera just stays on him and he looks super uncomfortable and twitchy. (laughs) I could not, like, this episode was, like, the best and the worst for me. (laughs) Like... It was so much about Jarecki. I was like, why? Like, you made this entire episode just so you could be featured in it. And, like, you know, he was just expecting people to be like, oh, my God, Jarecki, please. Can you solve my case, too? (laughs) And I wrote, um, oh, no, I didn't write anything. Um, Durst is like, Somebody had to plan to do this, and I, watching this, was like, oh, God, stop, please stop. It's, like, so uncomfortable (laughs) for me watching people, like, lie confidently when you know the truth and, like, can prove the truth. Like, it's so awkward. He's like, they had to go to our house, do what they did, and now you're taking this big risk. And Jarecki says, which big risk? And Jarecki acts like he's about to come in his pants. Like, knowing he has the envelope that Durst sent to Susan. But did you see the recreation? Because I think this was when it was. The recreation of someone putting the letter in the in the mailbox. Like, they made that character, quote-unquote, look exactly like Durst. Yeah. He, they're just... Ugh. Durst says you're writing a note to the police that only the killer could have written and I was like oh no this is awkward (laughs) (laughs) I'm like it's so awkward watching him say this knowing he does not realize that everyone already knows he wrote the note to the cops 
And Darst just keeps going saying, and the police went on and on about how cadaver was wrong. You know, most people wouldn't say cadaver. They'd say body. They would conclude that that meant that the person had something to do with medical or ambulance services. Somebody who's involved in that would know and use the word cadaver for a body. It's like, please stop talking. <laughs> Eleanor Schwenk, which I didn't like, I did not think about this before, like when he was saying all that, I was just like, what is he talking about? But a friend of Kathy says, using the word cadaver is very telling. Kathy had a cadaver in medical school. She didn't give it a name. She had respect for the fact that it was at one time a human being. She would use the word cadaver over and over again. She says, nobody says cadaver. And then it's just like, oh, it's so yucky. Oh, that's very telling. Yeah. So Drecky made sure he got good use out of that letter. He shows it to Janine Pirro. And, like, I feel like he could have just made a copy of it and handed the original over so that the police could, you know, investigate the crime, like, that that's evidence of. And, but no, he's like, no, I need my month with it. <laughs> um, Janine is like, so what? This says Wall Street. And Jarecki's like, girl, read the rest. <laughs> And she's like, Jesus Christ, Beverly. And like, Drecky hands it to Chipless, Durst's attorney. He's just looking at the documents. And Jackass Drecky is all smug like, oh, I couldn't help but notice the similarity between the two. I wanted to know what you thought about it. And I was like, can't you be charged with withholding evidence? <laughs> and also, it's just insane to risk getting caught up in that nightmare. Like, what if he killed someone else in the meantime? And then everyone's like, oh, you're a fucking monster. You had this evidence well he was just lucky that durst didn't know that he had that evidence right well i wrote the next thing i wrote what if sarah broke down and called or confronted durst i feel like jerecki could be found culpable in some way and for another thing you realize this man is a high profile criminal attorney so good luck on getting your desired reaction he's probably going to be like hmm Part of their job is controlling reactions, you fucking idiot. Hmm. It's like he acts like this guy is gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe it. He's so fucked. And I wrote, <laughs> of course I'm right. And he's like, I don't know enough about handwriting to be anything other than dangerous, but I see similarities and I see differences. And I wrote, um, they look identical, but that was probably the correct answer. And I wrote. Lord, Janine is over there with a wop like the bee is identical. <laughs> Janine acts like it just like she just solved all her cases with this one piece of evidence. She really did. She really was upset about that one. Son of a bitch. She, like, I don't like her either. I don't like anyone in Westchester. <laughs> to be honest, I was expecting Chip Lewis to be like, did you turn this over to law enforcement to test? Why are you handing me potential evidence in an interview for a fucking HBO documentary, you stupid piece of shit? <laughs> um, Jerecki is really the worst. He's inserting himself in the interviews and shit. No one is watching to see Jerecki. It reminds me of Shug Knight at the Source Awards in 95 when he called out P. Diddy. Because he's like, oh, you're supposed to be behind the scenes, but you jump on the tracks and dance in the videos. <laughs> Do you remember that? And he's like, 
One other no. thing I'd like to say, any artists out there who want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, come to death row. Jarecki is a nerdy's 90 alternative loser to P. Titty. That's sad. <laughs> That's really sad. He's the bootleg documentary version of Puff Daddy. Fucking <laughs> moron. God, as if on fucking cue after the credits, here's Jarecki being like, are you going to record our conversation? Are you figuring now or are you done? He's talking real quick Yeah. before you get into what they were saying. Can I just say how creepy I found the opening credits to be? Yeah, they, they were. Like, I had to fast forward through them every episode because of, like, the screaming and how just eerie and creepy that music and sound was. Yeah. Yeah, I fast-forwarded through them, too. I didn't yeah. like it. I, I, I did that after the first episode. I was like, okay, that's disturbing. Yeah, I could not... I could not watch it. And, like, the one time I did let it play out, I was like, uh Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's like, you think... Like, if you just watch the credits, you would think that this was going to be some, like, true crime, like deep detective investigative like thrilling shit and it's really not it's like watch this idiot get away with murder while nobody can catch him yeah um so Jarecki's all like oh are you gonna record our conversation are you figuring it out now like blah 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 and um he's talking to um Mark Smurling I'm guessing is one of the producers I didn't really care enough to figure out who he was and he's like it's recording and like he zoomed in on his face like all up in his eyes nose mouth and nothing else is visible like it's like you can just look at his pores my mother-in-law takes pictures like that and I don't know why it's like just your whole face it's like the most horrifying thing I've ever seen every picture is like that though I don't know why she likes taking pictures like that. Like, I hide from the pictures. You can't take a group picture with her. It's hard. <laughs> um, I wrote, oh, my God. I don't know if I can recap this. He's making a list of goals. Number one is getting justice as much as we can in this case. And, like, I just, I wanted to throw something at my TV. It's like, wrong, it's false. You're waiting to confront him on camera before giving it to the police. Were they, like, did you set it up so they would immediately arrest him? No, you didn't. Like, well, I wrote, I don't know because I haven't seen this before, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> He's a fucking billionaire. If he was smart, he'd be on a plane to Belize with no extradition straight from this interview. Durst is not, but that's just dumb luck on Jarecki's part. And if you could kill his wife, best friend, and now a new best friend, why wouldn't you worry he'd go all ham on you, like, pube face? Like, <laughs> he says, so we don't want to interfere with anything that police could do. Um, apparently not turning over potential evidence so they can investigate the fucking murder does not count. Jarecki, Jarecki said that? Yes. <laughs> I, I disagree. He says, we don't want to interfere with anything that'll continue to get us more evidence. And I don't even know what he meant by that. Like, he's like, we don't want to interfere with anything 
that I can exploit later on. Yeah, he didn't want to, like, not get more evidence. Right. He's writing Bob's second interview and says, it's very possible he goes into the interview feeling one way and he comes out of the interview feeling a totally different way. And I said, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Isn't that the whole point? Like, another producer, um, Zach Pointer, says, whether we use it or not, I would love to do the handwriting exempt thing that we were talking about. I don't know what they were talking about, but John Osborne is shown and he's a forensic document examiner. They gave him a copy of the envelope that Beverly Hills Police Department got and the note inside. Osborne says, what I'm immediately looking at is letter forms that appeal more than once, appear more than once. Then Jerky gives him the note Susan Berman received in the mail from Bob. Osborne says there are some distinctive characters of interest, but in order to determine whether or not these two writings were prepared by the same person, you would have to have a significantly larger quantity of known specimen hand printing and numerical figures that are comparable. Not necessarily the same words or names and not necessarily in the same order, but the same individual letters. So they... Jarecki and his people are going through documents they have from Durst with his handwriting on them. They said it was about 40 documents and Jarecki is like, this is good. And I wrote, shut the fuck up. So Osborne compares the samples and says they are pretty bang on. He says these particular characteristics are unique to one person and only one person. And I mean... Okay, like, they, I don't understand why we need to see all of that. Like, you could have just had that guy say that. Jarecki is saying, here's this guy who I've been giving tremendous benefit of the doubt. You know, not just in terms of the kinds of questions I ask him. Like, what? But in terms of my emotional connection to him. And I wrote, well, I would think as a fucking documentary filmmaker, an extremely important skill to have would be building an emotional connection to the subjects of your documentaries. Well, for mm-hmm. one, continue speaking to you. And for two, help them lower their guard and potentially say more than they normally would. But what the fuck do I know? <laughs> he says, you know, I like the guy. And I wrote, who fucking cares if you like the guy? And I'm sure lots of murderers are likable, you fucking idiot. Ted Bundy was likable. Scott Peterson was likable. Paul Bernardo was likable. People who do the worst things in the world can still be likable. I think we collectively as a people like to think that bad people or good people or decent people or whatever who have the ability to do bad, awful things or are capable of such awful things should have had it written on their forehead or something. That's just not how it works. You don't get like... a someone doesn't walk up to you and it's like oh I'm a fucking like nightmare like I don't like have a bad relationship like lots of those people you thought were a lot different if you thought the person was likable it says something about you like oh we got along I really liked him does that mean I'm a serial killer deep down too like I don't think it's abnormal that serial killers are likable we don't want them to be likable because we want to think that we're different than somebody that is a serial killer like is that is that like not common sense like (laughs) Rekki like acts like this is some huge reveal oh god 
like this is gonna be a hard one to recap for me <laughs> I cannot stand Jarecki Jarecki continues talking about himself and how all of this makes him feel and I'm like I'm sure that like could you imagine being like Kathy's family at this point and be like really really I thought we were making a do- oh not a documentary about my sister's disappearance but how you felt about her murder okay yeah. He can't, he's like, I can't let it show that there's a change in my opinion with Bob. He's like, I can't be, I can't be any different. Like, hmm, I wonder where you could get tips on how to pretend to be someone you're not. You know, like an actor in the entertainment industry that you're a part of, how, you know, they pretend to be other people for roles all the time. Didn't Jarecki make a fucking whole movie about Durst? Like, I wonder where you could pull from. Like, I hate, I hate this guy. Like, have you ever had a job that you just hate, but you need the paycheck? So you shove it down to get through and pretend you like these fucking people? Like, that people do it every single fucking day. What the fuck is he talking about? I hate him. Oh my god. He's so annoying. Is that not annoying? Like, oh, how many times a day do I have to pretend? How, like, with my own fucking kid, like, do you know how many videos I have to pretend, like, I give a shit what he's watching so that I can get out of having to watch more? <laughs> like, it, it happens every day, you fucking dipwad. <laughs> like, and first of all, does anybody care about how Drecky feels on all this? Like, oh, you feel bad, like, um, sitting on your murder evidence, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Like, comfort yourself with the money you made off this man, you fucking asshole. (laughs) And then you want to shove it down our throats and be super extra. Like, Jarecki puts up a a picture of him and Bob with some dramatic fucking music behind it, like, anybody fucking cares. (laughs) Jarecki leaves Bob a bizarre message about meeting for their final interview. I said, who fucking cares about this message? Bob returns his call and is like, Friday, I'm going to Madrid for a week. And Jarecki's like, hmm, I don't think we're doing anything extensive. We are here when you can come by. And Bob's like, yeah, I'm going to Madrid. I'll call you when I get back. And Mm -hmm. someone is like, do we know if he's actually going to Madrid? And Jarecki is like, I find him to be truthful. And it's like, what? (laughs) Somebody off camera agrees with me and is like, huh? Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> so then someone calls Drecky and was like, Sareb talked to him and told him, Bob, that we called Sareb. And Bob was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Just don't tell them I'm in LA because I told them I was in Spain and Barcelona. And Bob really gives zero fucks. Like, he can't even remember the city that he said. Yeah. He reminds me of Ramona Singer on Real Houses in New York. Like, how she's like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> and Jarecki looks like his feelings are hurt. And Jarecki leaves Bob a message saying, of course he's available on November 3rd or 4th, but that's forever from now. I thought you were coming back on the 22nd. Um, At some point, I might have to start making another movie. And I wrote, oh, oh, okay. Petty Patty is like two weeks is some lifetime. Like, 
you're mad because you might have to start making another movie and your dumbass who has just spent god knows how long making a movie on this man's back like you are like oh i might have to start making another movie like when you end up dead like somebody please put on your gravestone like he thought it was a good idea to threaten the man who's killed three other people for threatening him with things and like you want to act like two weeks is some lifetime like you're all cool hiding evidence in a potential murder case for at least a fucking month but you can't wait two weeks to ambush him you fucking worthless (laughs) piece of shit and like your panties are all in a bunch because he lied to you you basic basic bitch like I cannot he called to confirm a meeting with Bob and Bob's like nah let's reschedule (laughs) Jarecki like the bitch that he is says "All right." I said oh no movies to go make now (laughs) like no we really need to meet no all right. like Jarecki's bitching about it and I hate everything about him Bob is like, eh, I don't know if doing another interview makes sense. And Jarecki is trying to talk him into it. And Durst hilariously turns the tables and says, I sort of think you need a new gig that you've done, Robert Durst. Bob says, I'm at the point of not doing anything, period. Click. A hundred percent, I believe Robert Durst was like, oh, you're going to you didn't learn enough by the dead bodies to threaten me. Oh, you might have to start another movie. Like, here you fucking go. <laughs> another production. <laughs> you know, Jarecki probably cried all night. <laughs> the guy is like, Bob basically fell off the map. Jarecki inexplicably says, yeah, that's why I don't think he's freaked out about us unless he's actually found something out. Like, what? What? What do you even mean by that statement? What sense does that make? Like, why do you think he isn't like freaked out about you? Like, cause you still like can breathe and there's not a bullet in the back of your head. There's another production call, which again, like this is, you're just trying to drag shit out to make this movie about you and nobody cares about you. Bob's been arrested in New York. So they start calling jails. Doug had gotten an order of protection against Bob after they had filmed in Times Square. They had video surveillance footage of Bob approaching Doug's house a couple weeks later, which broke the order of protection, and he got arrested and released on $5,000 bond. Like, $5,000 bond. Like, that even matters to him. Yeah. Like, this man, like, he's like, nah, man, here's $250,000. That means I just don't have to come back, right? Jarecki says he got a message from Bob on voicemail and the next day Bob texted him left you a lengthy voicemail and ain't heard anything hope you're not dead otherwise please contact Bob the message was about them filming him walking in front of the buildings and his lawyers are gonna call Jarecki I'm guessing he wants them to testify that it was part of filming the documentary and he wasn't there trying to intimidate or threaten Doug And I assume they need the tape showing they were just filming. And Jarecki is like, sweet, that gives us leverage. It's like, oh, like, is he just like five minutes late to everything? Like, I think everybody figured that out when they got the message. So Bob calls and is like, you can film me if you're still interested. We see meetings to strategize how to ambush him. And I wrote, "Um, I'd have plenty of security. 
Yeah. I said, I mean, seriously, just get to the goddamn interview. Like, why the fuck do we care about any of this? Jarecki calls him a smart motherfucker. And I was like, how do you figure that, sir? (laughs) Smart because you can't figure him out? Like, that just says you're stupid. I cannot care less about their prep. Jarecki is pretending to have some mental crisis. Like, it's going to be hard and will feel really cold to Bob. I'm convinced Drecky thought this episode would come off like, oh, look at how nice and a good person Drecky is. He feels bad, and I don't buy it, and it makes me hate him more. Cody Gonzalez believes that Robert Durst killed three people. Chris Lavelle, one of the jurors in the Galveston case, says, I think he's being unfairly accused of these. Honestly, I know that he is innocent of the charges in Galveston, but I feel like he is being unfairly accused on these other events. And I wonder what made him say that. I would assume probably he has to believe that because he was like one of the people that set him free maybe. I don't know. I just wondered about that. Like why did he have that strong opinion that he was he was unfairly accused? Like I don't know. Maybe his attorneys are that good that it's like, no, they just do this to make it look bad. They're saying this to bolster these other cases. Like, who knows in the trial? Like, maybe they did make it look like that. But, I mean, I think it's probably also like, I don't know, it's something like Galveston was kind of small. Like, I've never been to Galveston, Texas, so I have no idea. But, like, maybe it's, like, kind of like that small town mentality where they don't really, like, like they just know what goes on in their town yeah and i was gonna say that too like maybe he just didn't know like we're watching a documentary from the beginning of of everything that's happening and maybe he just doesn't know the circumstances to both of the other murders right or like the detail like and with the susan berman thing i don't i never would have thought that he had anything to do with it except for this whole fucking thing with the note yeah um, but he, this guy thinks that Durst might just be the unluckiest man in the world. Ed Murphy says a lot of people write him off as an eccentric kind of guy, Bob being Bob. It would be cute if Bob being Bob didn't result in three people being dead. And I wrote, it would also be cute if Westchester detectives had actually investigated Kathy's motherfucking disappearance when it happened. <laughs> Then the people wouldn't people. be dead. Oh, what would you say? I said then the other two people wouldn't be dead. Exactly. I'm like, I cannot, I can't stand any of them. Like people keep describing Darst as unlucky or slighted. His attorney Chip Lewis says he warned Bob about doing this documentary. He knows Bob wanted to tell his story, and that's fine, but he runs a risk of pissing people off. And dealing with people that have intentions contrary to your liberty. Don't forget that. Which I chose to take as like he was telling him directly wants to make you look like an ass. So don't trust him. Which is probably true. And he should have done. Because he probably would never be like dealt with beyond that had he not made this. So then it says the day of the interview. Jarecki is nervous about the interview. And I wrote, I'm sure you are, you asshat. There's like 20 other people in the room. 
Like, what the fuck are you nervous about? Like, he's not going to come over and, like, stab you in the throat. Like, and then I wrote, maybe he means excited because it's good content for this dragged out ass documentary, which just focused 30 minutes of fluff about yourself. Mm -hmm. And he could have just explained it in three sentences of on-screen text. Mark is like, why? Jarecki woke up early that morning. He says, you know, I spent a lot of time on the phone with him a lot of time talking to him i think that bob is a lot more volatile than i've ever thought before and maybe that's what i had to think in order to do everything we've done in order to be as close to him as i've become maybe i had to imagine that he was more rational for years i've been saying to people i'm not afraid of him i don't feel fear at the same time you have to consider that if you're about to let him know that you're potentially becoming the enemy like, fuck right off. You should have given the evidence to the police. You get what you get. Like, I don't... Like, but again, you're never alone just you and him and certainly won't be alone after this. So, like, you're just being extra and dramatic with all your fake-ass worry. It's more fluff about you that I don't care about. Jarecki mm-hmm. starts showing Darce pictures. Then he pulls out a piece of paper and is like, I want to show you this address. It's Durst's note to Susan. He looks at it and is like, what about the address? And Jarecki is like, this office was your own office that you had for a period of time? Or is this office, was that your own office that you had had for a period of time? And Durst is like, yeah, when I left the family business, I moved my office downtown. Durst doesn't remember writing the note. He's like, it said good luck. She must have had something published. Jarecki is like, I figured you sent her support. And Durst is like, well, oh, yeah, that's certainly possible. Jarecki says, I want to show you the envelope that the letter came in. Can you read me this address? He does. Jarecki says, and the person who sent it to you, Durst reads it and goes, Beverly spelled wrong, California, 90210 which is the zip code that you want in Beverly Hills, but you just didn't want Susie's neighborhood. Jarecki waits for like 10 seconds, but it felt like a full year. (laughs) Jarecki's like, so obviously I want to ask you about the cadaver note, the famous cadaver note. He has Durst look at that and Durst is like, so the same as spelling? And Jarecki asks, what does that say to you? In my head, I thought that it would be amazing if Durst says, that says to me, you're next. (laughs) (laughs) But he says, the handwriting looks similar and the spelling is the same. So I can see the conclusion the cops would draw or the, and then he starts burping like every other word. And so I wrote, or the burp writing exemplar person would burp, conclude that they were both written by the same person, burp. It looked like he was malfunctioning or something. And then he got all these nervous ticks and all the burping. He reminded have you ever seen Rick and Morty? No. Okay, well, this is like cartoon. I'm, this is the only thing Emily started laughing at. <laughs> um, it's this cartoon on like Cartoon Network and it's actually really funny. But the guy Rick, he burps like all the time like that, like in the middle of talking. Um, And it also reminded me, like, do you remember in something about Mary when um, Ben Stiller was like driving down and he picked up the hitchhiker and the hitchhiker was talking about like making seven minute abs 
And when Ben Stiller was like, what about six minute abs? And he gets all like, he's like, no, six, no, seven minute abs. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Like, he just seemed like he was melting down. Um, Jarecki is like, this is a comparison of the two, which is, uh, and Durst is like very similar. And so Jarecki goes, so I guess the, the question is, did you write the cadaver note? And Dar says, no, I didn't write the cadaver note. And Jarecki's like, so you wrote this, but you didn't write this? And Durst is like, definitely wrote this, but I definitely did not write that. And Jarecki's like, I guess I'm searching for a way, among other things, to understand how, um, and Darst it goes, how two people could misspell Beverly. <laughs> and like, I don't know why I thought that was funny, but like, Jarecki's like, I'm searching for a way to figure out how you didn't write the cadaver note because it's so similar. And Durst is like, well, what I see is the similarity is really a misspelling in the Beverly. Other than that, the block letters are block letters. How else would you write a block letter than that? I mean, it's almost like a typed thing. It's going to look with two typewriters. It's going to look the same. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> so then Jarecki's like so you wrote one of these but you didn't write the other and Darcy's is like I wrote this one but I did not write the cadaver one so Jarecki has a piece of paper that just has the words Beverly Hills from both things nothing else and Jarecki's like and can you tell me which one you didn't write and Darcy goes no and Jarecki says good and Smurling's like, that's it. Jarecki sighs. And he's like, thank you very much. And Darst is like, well, thank you very much. And it's five after four. Perfect timing. Can I have this? Or are you going to send me this? And it's like the picture of Susan or something. And he's like, I want you to have it. And Darst is like, thank you. And Jarecki's like, do we have Bob's bag nearby? And a random person says, do you want to take one of the sandwiches, Bob? Durst starts mumbling and he's like yeah but Jarecki's like yeah we can wrap one up and someone random is like we've got so many sandwiches and they laugh like what are we going to do with them like I would be so uncomfortable like I wouldn't be talking to him <laughs> like that room had to be so uncomfortable and awkward and Durst is like I'm going to use the restroom which is right here I would have cleared out if I was anyone working there I'd have been like you should have called the cops Jarecki like you're on your own yeah the on-screen text says, Bob's microphone continues to record while he's in the bathroom. Durst goes into the bathroom and he's talking to himself. And Durst says, there it is. You're caught. You're right, of course, but you can't imagine. Arrest him. I don't know what's in the house. Oh, I want this. What a disaster. He was right. I was wrong. And the burping. And he makes this <laughs> horrible noise. He's like, I'm having difficulty with the question. What the hell did I do? More awful noises. Killed them all, of course. And then it faded to black. Like, I don't know. What did you think? I definitely thought he killed the people, but I, I didn't think it was, like, the big, like, thing that Jarecki obviously thought it was. I think Jarecki was trying to be the one to figure out all of the murders. And 
without like he wanted to be the investigator of this whole thing and he wanted to be the one to figure out who you know he wanted to be the one that got dirt to say that he did it yeah and that never happened but i also wrote down before the interview even started why did he agree to do this documentary robert durst like he was free and clear of the galveston murder and they had no evidence they have no evidence against him for the other two uh that they can 100 percent pinpoint that he did it so why did he even do this these interviews and then to go to the restroom with a mic on that's hot and say all of this stuff like it completely made him look guilty well i think he had a mental break when he was confronted with the note and stuff and i think that probably he thought he could do some fluff article or documentary or whatever and that they weren't actually going to know certain things like i think he figured well if they had anything on me if there was any way to like figure something out to arrest me, they would have had to do it by now because I think all of this was like back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And so like, or that was like the earliest it could have been. And so, you know, like Berman had already been dead for a long time and Kathy had been disappeared for 30 years. Like they still don't know where her body is. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he figured there was just nothing like I think he thought as long as he just didn't say that I, I killed them that there would be nothing like that could happen and I think that's yeah. kind of his attorneys the few times they were talked to in this they all kind of said the same thing like why are you doing this like you're mm-hmm. free and he says my attorneys were like you know just leave it alone like I think he thought he was gonna change somebody's opinion and I don't know I mean I wouldn't I would even think so far as like Doug probably thought he did all the stuff and had been saying it and so he was doing these things as a way to fuck with Doug like I don't people's Mm -hmm. motives are weird behind things yeah like I I mean maybe he just wanted to feel relevant. I don't know. Like that I mean there's stuff that like normal people do that it's like why did you even bother doing that? Like you just wasted like time, money, whatever. Like mm-hmm. nobody was ever going to say anything. I don't know. People are weird. Yeah. I mean, he obviously wasn't that, like, and he obviously thought he was above the law, so he probably figured, like, well, if I fuck up, like, these attorneys will just fix it for me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I just couldn't understand why he even did it. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I'd have been on, like, an island, like, fuck you and fuck everyone in the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean... And like, but like more than that, why did Westchester do the documentary? Like, you all just look <laughs> like idiots. <laughs> I swear, I've never like I dislike a lot of people in documentaries, but like these people really irked me. <laughs> like, especially like you're gonna sit there and be like, 
oh well we thought it was weird that someone said like oh really you did with your non-investigating ass like you did you thought it was weird they didn't look into that like don't don't say anything's weird ever in life okay (laughs) just you lost that right but i mean there's lots of people that like have a complete inability to say like yeah i should have done something different and i fucked up like I feel like they wouldn't have been that annoying if in the beginning they had just been like, nobody took it as seriously as it needed to be taken. And so now we're all like chasing our tails trying to figure it out. Yeah. But they didn't. They don't. They're like, mm, well, he tricked us. Like, oh, okay. Like, first of all, he's an idiot. Like, he, like, uh, he, like of everyone else, like, you look the dumbest. Yeah, because they really didn't, like, I mean, if he hadn't sent that note, he never would have been even probably suspected of Susan Berman's death. Yeah, probably not. Because they couldn't put him in L.A. Yeah. They still really can't. Yeah. And Jarecki's like, oh, they were able to put you in California. Like, fuck off, Jarecki. Like, he put himself in California. He just finished saying he fucking idiot. Hmm. Oh, Jarecki's just annoying. Thank you for listening to True Crime, True Family. Follow us on our Twitter at TCTFP and Instagram at TCTF Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us where you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode, please leave a rating and review. We appreciate all the feedback. Join us next week.